0: Welcome to the Your Bold Life Podcast. I'm Val Silby, and for those of us women over 40, I take a stand that it's time for us to take our turn. Let's stop the cycle that we think we're the only ones going through tons of changes after 40. Instead, let's share stories and learn how we're all going through so much of the same crap. Now, today, speaking of bold, as we always are, having the name Your Bold Life is amazing for attracting bold women and such fun conversations and we're gonna have another one today thanks tracy Lamory, for being here with me
1: hello thank you so much i'm excited to be here and yeah i love the title
0: you know, it's <laughs> exactly. so fun to play with there's just so many directions i can go and it's just i and it's just nothing negative I
1: mean, encouraging right? the to like, you know be into our power you know to yeah. not be afraid and to not be shy and not you know not be afraid to talk about the things we want to talk about and-
0: exactly yes oh you God. get it for sure you absolutely are getting it and looking over your bio and the things that you have done holy crap you have absolutely stepped into your personality and how you can use it for good and i love reading. I
1: kind of that we, we all can you know I, that's the thing i think I'll, i've been successful in a whole bunch of things like different kinds of successful i only recently turned into in the last decade to you know entrepreneurship and work and business kind of stuff but i from the Advocacy work I did that you know ultimately helped free a man from death row, mm-hmm. to my you know business success. It's exactly what I learned when I was young as a young activist at 15. That honestly, raise your voice, you have a voice, and once you start getting yourself into the any, at any table or on any dance floor or wherever you want to word it, you know, you're in the game. So you really have to believe in yourself to put yourself in the game. And once you're there, other people will believe in you too. And that really is the key to like everything.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. That brings up a story that I'm not going to, I'm not going to interrupt with right now. Cause first I would love it. Would you tell my listeners just a little bit more about yourself? I mean, you, you hinted at some of the, some of the really great stuff. <laughs>
1: Um, so, yeah, so I'm 51 now. I live in Hamilton, which is about 45 kilometers from Toronto. I'm a Toronto girl Canadian. Um, when it's not COVID, I'm, you know, the last few years, I've been all over the world just on different business projects. These days, I'm an international award-winning publicist working across industries and across borders, um, though doing it all virtually, you know, right now in the age of COVID for me Canada. But uh, yeah, so and I, I, I didn't go to school for this. Um, it's not a trajectory or a business it wasn't really a goal it wasn't what I planned when I was a kid if you'd asked me I would have said I wanted to be a journalist and funnily enough PR and media work that I'm doing now is close to that but um, I ended up coming to this originally in my 20s I was just in along with my husband Dave Parkinson in entry-level sales and we'd had a radio show a few years before that but primarily we were just you know young young people in entry-level sales entry-level office jobs and um, as activists we became involved with the case of Jimmy Dennis, which was uh, at that time, a man who was saying he was innocent on death row in Pennsylvania. That was nothing like anything we'd ever done before that kind of work or advocacy work to do with criminal justice or the death penalty, or that was completely foreign to us. We didn't even have the death penalty in Canada, Mm -hmm. but somehow we got drawn into it. Gee, how innocent can this guy be? And he was asking for help. And we ended up getting deeply involved to the point where we started a 20 year campaign It was called the Justice for Jimmy Dennis campaign right up until the time, we started in in 1998, and I went right up to the time in 2017 when he was released when the courts finally, after 25 years that he'd been on death row and almost 20 years of our involvement, finally acknowledged his innocence and he was released factually innocent. And now he's a R&B artist in the free world, telling his story and doing all kinds of advocacy for innocent people in prison and all kinds of, so that's an amazing, you know, Story and and how that you know I mean deeply affected my life other than just being something that I'm proud of and you know honored to have been a part of is that I actually learned how to write a press release doing that back when you know when I was 28 in entry level sales and it it took another literally I was when I was 28 it took literally no lie 13 years till I was 41 years old till it literally hit me wait a minute (laughs) I could probably monetize not the work that I've been doing on the death penalty I wouldn't have right. But I could monetize those skills that I built and the yeah. media work. Because, you know, I mean, we had... Just my I mean, communications that I had done, which... You know, I had no background in PR or media other than a little local college radio show. And the communications I put out to media ended up getting me and my husband at age 28, not just about Jimmy's case, but speaking about the death penalty in general, mm-hmm. on CNN, on Court TV, on MSNBC, on the Abrams Report, on Catherine Pryor Live. Like, it was actually... But meanwhile, we were just in our sales and marketing, you know, entry level jobs. That was just something we did for advocacy work to get the word out about stuff we cared about, right? right? I never thought about, you know, turning that into a business. And it was literally one day I had a light bulb moment at age 41 when I was sitting there because I was lucky enough to work from home even then, about to do another 20 calls for something I didn't care about, you know, for a paycheck. And it suddenly hit me, wait a minute, hold on. Couldn't I like do press releases? Great. for free instead of like phone call and then for literally from that moment it hit me and I, I started looking online I guess that very day on how I could find freelance jobs because from that moment I never did another hour of calling which I'd been doing for you know 20 years uh-huh. and i, I Right away, I found a a couple of freelance because, you know, we have the interwebs now, right? There's so many possibilities. So using Elance, which I think is called Upwork now, but at the time it was called Elance. But there's a million other sites like that, freelance sites that connect people, you know, with potential workers. And that's where I got my first clients until I was confident enough to get a few on LinkedIn. And I got one of my first clients, incredibly enough, was, and I talk about this a lot, was Angela Sadler Williamson's professor, cousin of she's a filmmaker, award-winning filmmaker now, but cousin of Rosa Parks. So oh. Rosa Parks rights legend. And she hired me just as a freelance publicist, you know, because we connected. To work on her film my life with Rosie which became an award-winning film I was thanked in it and so then all of a sudden you know I know I'm in the game I've got a couple of contracts now big names like that and mm-hmm. and then I just had the confidence to continue to go and that was you know starting as a freelancer then for five years I had um brought my husband into it and I we did like a uh a general partnership which is kind of like a solopreneurship of two people mm-hmm. and then during COVID just six months ago we actually incorporated we upped our game and incorporated nice. and things have been going really well so crazily enough like I literally started you know just we took me, my big change was at age 41 I figured hey wait a minute all that stuff I've been doing all my life all these I've actually developed you know, I, I mean, I was already working. Obviously, it was in, but stuff that didn't do anything for me. I didn't care for it. It was just, you know, middle level, whatever. Then you go home and do the stuff you really care about. Yeah. And then when it hit me that I could do this for a living, and then from there I lit or that when it hit me that you know I could get somebody to pay me to do this, and then yeah. after that, I, I, one or two or three, and then I was able to really quickly, like, just literally jump into the full time pay out of it. And that was nine years ago, and I've literally not never had a day since. When I haven't had 12 hours of work, more work than I can handle.
0: Oh, gosh. (laughs) So, listeners, I really want you to pay attention to two things. Two things. There's more, but two things. Pay attention to how much Tracy is, and I'm going to use the word because I want the stupid negative connotation off of it, of you bragging about what you do and how you find it
1: talking about that too. yeah like there's a difference i've been asked to speak before about the difference between you know in terms of power women because i educate power women on you know again that's stepping into your power mm-hmm. and there's a big difference between arrogance and confidence yeah and my client, I don't know, if she, I don't know if she heard this or made it up herself, but I have an amazing client. I have a million amazing clients, and one of them is is Anne Marie, and Anne Marie Fisher. We were just talking about this one day, and she said it like in in a one liner, and this is what people can keep in their mind, right? Confidence has a smile. Arrogance has a smirk. Ah, yes. And what does that mean? So confidence is like, it doesn't mean I'm better than you or we're better than each other. Anyone's better than anyone in me. You know, you don't think you're better than someone when you're confident. You just know you're good, right? You know, you deserve a seat at the table. You're at least as good. You're not saying I'm better than you. Mm -hmm. You're saying I'm at least as good. I deserve a seat there. And Mm -hmm. what I have to say has value. And that's attractive in a person, you know, Mm -hmm. And and but arrogance is different. Arrogance is somebody putting themselves above you as somebody you know so because the next breath of what i always say is and this is part of the media training i do because people have to see themselves as experts before they can even understand why i'm saying to them hey you should be in media getting quoted on this and that Absolutely. and so i deal with people not just celebrities but like you know a lot of my clients 40 percent, 50 of my clients are entrepreneurs so a luxury real estate agent you know a um a, a personal chef a private investigator, a marketing expert, you know, women who built brands, all kinds of different things though. And the number one thing is, you know, to recognize, get over that imposter syndrome, see yourself as an expert and then have the confidence to let the world see you as an expert. And so to do that, you have to not be afraid to say, yeah, I do this, I do this. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because- and I don't want to get into you know sexist men or whatever because everybody's a different indi- individual. But it's funny because I do work with a lot of power women across industries and I have noticed because I work with a lot of men too. And this is something I've never seen in any of the men I work with, yeah. but I've seen so frequently in the women I work with that... And it happened. This has literally gone this way like at least four times now. Yeah. They've yeah. given me. They have given me themselves. Like oh, they say, okay, I want you to write my bio, you know, or my pitch. So they give me themselves all their professional information. Like I'm only getting it from them, so I'm not going and finding information or making anything up. Or they're literally giving me all their information, and then I'm putting it into a one pager. Do you know how many times women have said to me after I've done that? Oh my God, you made me sound so good. <laughs> yep. exact words and I'm like do you not like think of yourself that way already because I didn't make anything up I literally just put it all together in a one page the way they would if you're writing an article yeah right and you read that the way you're used to reading somebody else being talked about and when you read it like you're used to reading about somebody else you were like oh my god Look at me. Yes. When you're thinking about it about yourself, you never do, and then you think, "Oh, bragging. So, like, you know, honestly, talk about your. You know, I mean, you're not going to walk into a room and be like, "Let me tell you about my accomplishments." You know, when <laughs> like, you know, there's a time and a place. But when you're in a professional environment, like, you know, you're being interviewed on a podcast or you're talking about, you know, work things or talking strategy, there's nothing wrong with, you know, don't even think of it as tooting your own horn. Think of it as you're contributing. You're showing the contributions that you can make.
0: Mm-hmm. You it's know?
1: facts yeah
0: there are um, things that everybody is good at and we should be shouting about them
1: and by the if same you don't token, tell
0: people then they can't know
1: yeah and by the same token notice other people too yeah. and comment on when they're awesome mm-hmm. and you know when someone says oh val that's you know you're awesome val i look up to you so much with the podcasts and all that And you know because some people think that the people they see doing podcasts or being on podcasts or being on stages or being on tv or getting the awards we're all elevated. We're special. And they're, I'm, they think, oh, I'm just, I'm just. No, it's just simply a matter of that confidence, mm-hmm. which they are afraid to show because they think it's arrogance, you know? Yeah. It's not. It's just literally With everybody has, you know, you you may not be a great speaker to be on a podcast. You might be an amazing writer. You might be a, so just be confident in that you have something to bring to the table and that you, you do deserve to be at that table. And then other people will see you that way too. And it really is, you know, you have to build up yourself. And when I do these hard business podcasts where they're all about the build, the brand or whatever I talk about, I talk about this first, go back, you've got to build up yourself mm-hmm. so that you can build up your brand or make your million dollars or whatever you care about, right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and, and then you can build, hopefully, what do you do with that? Well, I hope that you then build up your community, build up your, because I go back to where I came from, which is that, you know, social, heart-centered people-centered people are the bottom line not money even though we're now a for-profit business that obviously you know is here to pay my bills and everything else <laughs> but I never want to lose what you know I would never have been here in the first place if it wasn't for that impulse to do you know to do good so I want that yeah. to continue to be what my company does
0: absolutely and and I know you had mentioned about the, the gender thing and didn't really want to go there but I did go there with Rochelle on episode 46 just a few weeks ago and there but I didn't want to make it sound like I was, you know, just well, on the guy, but it's true. With I mean, because I'm no, sure. it's there's... fact. We are taught to not talk about ourselves. It's not yeah. feminine. It's it's not what women do. It's not what girls do. It's not polite. All of that crap where a yeah. man is brought up to do all that stuff.
1: You know what's funny now that you mentioned that because I, you know, and I've never really been conscious of that. I, I, I just sort of. I, Full steam ahead for I don't know maybe I'm my son's on the autism spectrum and Mm -hmm. so is my husband and I know it looks different in girls so sometimes I joke who knows maybe that's a little bit autistic where I never saw those signs and I just kept on going you know Mm -hmm. in a good way Um, so but now because now I realize well for whatever reason that I didn't you know internalize that kind of message that a lot of us women do. And is that part of the reason I've been so successful? Because I feel like I've, you know, and of course I'm not, now it'd be different if I was working in an in a industry like finance or an industry like medicine, where you, you, you can't just full steam ahead. You need to like have the approval of these people ahead of you, or you're not getting anywhere. You know what right. I mean? Like Yeah like my daughter's going to study medicine so with her she can't just not care about whatever and just do her own thing because mm-hmm. there isn't your own thing It's a very structured you know yeah so it's different so i you know i think those kind of you know women are forever still having those challenges mm-hmm. in those kind of forums but i think in the form where we can build our own thing like anything where you can create your own like do what i did and build your own there doesn't have to be any kind of glass ceiling just don't believe in it don't yes. do it and then you'll find that at least the people, I'm not talking about the, you know, in, you know, the greater world, right? But the people that come in your path will move like the Red Sea mm-hmm. when you come. I don't get no guys in my way. Mm-hmm. I don't have no men stopping me from doing what I'm doing. I don't, yeah. if anything, they're all getting in line. They're like, oh, wow, Tracy, you're so awesome. I want to be on your team. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and I know that that comes from different personalities for sure. Um, because, I mean, I came from the sports industry, you know, or sports, sports world, you know, I was a coach and, and all of that. So I've been around guys all my life. So I never even really noticed that either until I started talking to Rochelle about it. And I'm like, I still do that. Even though I was never taught yeah, that, I mean. it's such a social norm yeah. that it kind of fell into it. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah we don't even realize some of these things right
0: yeah you don't realize that oh I'm not going to talk about that and I'm definitely not going to talk about the fact that I'm really fucking good at that no way no way Uh -uh. I'm going to
1: work in these worlds where you know the men are doing that
0: yeah right and
1: all of us women are are so retiring oh I don't think I should say you know then what happens and then you know because the world's fairly away then they get the successes they get the whatever we get the, they get the whatever whatever and where we're sitting there wondering what's going on was i discriminated against as a woman or am i just like in this i wasn't really specifically but yet i'm working and i'm not na- there i'm like not navigating their world the world they've created correctly yeah. or not correctly yeah. but i'm in the way that they expect me to or the way that you know what i mean not that you should be but i mean that's that would be successful in in that like
0: Mindset, you know, In the way somebody else feels success is versus what yeah. we feel success is. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of the things I've loved about doing the podcast is I have talked to women like you and, and other women that are doing things and they're talking about it and they're willing to talk about it and, and even some of the hard topics. And I know that the more we're all sharing, the more it's making it normal. Exactly. And it gives women permission to talk about it. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, honestly, you have to. That's the difference
1: between the people that you see on TV, the people that you see on the, you know, on the award platform, the people is they weren't share, they weren't scared to share their accomplishments. Yeah. And their, you know, and their uh, thoughts and their whatever. I mean, you may think, oh, but I'm not accomplished. Sure you are, you know. And, and you know, I'm more accomplished this year than I was last year and more accomplished, this, you know, than I was the year before. So we all started out, when I started this nine years ago, I had history we accomplished in other things like you do. Everyone listening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But maybe not in the thing that you want to jump into. But so what?
0: Yeah. You'll start gathering them. Yeah. Just believe in yourself. Yeah, yeah. And, and share. Because one of the great things, um, listeners, one of the great things is when you share what you are good at, you become an invitation for that person you're talking to to share what makes them great.
1: Absolutely true yeah we encourage each other and you know to shine I think that's mm-hmm. so
0: true yeah so yeah. they feel comfortable now with oh it is okay to tell you what I'm good at you know yeah. and it's just snowballs <laughs> it's I'm just sorry. fun it's snowballs
1: <laughs> and it's funny because yeah and I realized you know I, I never think and it's funny yeah And it's fine i'm glad you brought that up because it's come up a few times so obviously you know in terms of conversation with about power women and all that so it's a it's as important as that power is that it's, it's related to the imposter conversation yes you know that same thing about you know in, in that we don't hear men talking about that I, i'm sure men some men feel that way mm-hmm. but in terms of socially as a giant thing we don't hear that being talked about because i don't it's as common as it is with women in the boardroom. Like, oh my goodness, I don't know who, what woman said this. I don't know anything about her or what her history is or her politics or her race or where she comes from or anything. But I read a quote the other day in the New, York, in the New Yorker, I think it was. And it was saying that, um, and I'm assuming she's a black woman, but I'm, I, I'm, you know, I may not be right. I may be incorrect completely. And she was saying, it's just a tweet. They were reporting, they said they quoted someone said in her tweet, then they went on to talk about something else, you know, related. So they, they weren't really giving you much info on it. But they said, Lord, you know, please, I pray for the confidence of a of a mediocre white guy. <laughs> 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 I mean, I wouldn't usually bring up all the race, but you know what I mean? It's true. You know, you're average, just your average like guy. Right. <laughs> and, like we always joke about, you know, with the beer belly out and the hair all messed up, but he thinks he's a, a catch. Same within business and whatever else, you know. We're just socialized to think, oh, is that bragging? But I don't feel like I'm bragging. I feel like I just talk. And when someone, else, and I'm, you know, and it's funny because there'll be some people that probably may say, oh, you know, she's bragging. Mm-hmm. But most people, and I, and I find this, and I don't, this, this, I don't like to say this, this sounds like I'm bragging. But I often hear from people that they say, oh no, I, you know, I, I you that it's that they watch me on Facebook and all that, and they find it inspiring.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I actually really like that because I think yeah. it should be inspiring. If the people who really know me, they, they definitely will be honestly inspired by this shit, you know, because I'm telling you 10 years ago, I was not an international award-winning publicist. Right. I was not in this industry. I did not go to school for this. And 10 years ago, I was telling people, man, no, you know, just don't, you know, whatever you want to do, just do it. You can do it. And you know, now people cannot believe the things I've done. They can't believe the international travel. They can't believe some of the people I'm working with. They can't believe the things that are my daily.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm using the word bragging, because I want us to take that stigma away. Yeah. No, absolutely. I, I absolutely it. want to just just destroy that stigma because I don't I don't know any time in at least the last 10 years that I've ever heard somebody talk to me and considered it bragging, you know. Yeah quote but, but I like
1: Emery's thing the smirk and the smile yeah right? I like that does it so perfectly like it's true bragging oh well you know oh I did this you know you can just see that you know oh that and, and but but confidence is just like it's almost like fun
0: like oh my god check yeah. this out <laughs> you know yeah yeah and especially when when you start talking about what you can do and it's usually in, and let me show you <laughs> You know, because when you've got that confidence and you know you're really good at it and you're proud of it, then you're usually like, like right leading into, and I can show you how to, how to do it too. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. You're going to share. I mean, I know me, if a friend of mine or, you, or someone I know comes up and they have that attitude, they're like, yeah, I'm not, I've never had a moment where I've thought, oh, well, that's, why do you think you're so great? You know, and to me, when people have that attitude, that's like, why, why are you? Why do you feel like you're not, you know, mm-hmm. I've never once thought, oh, why they think they're so great. And if someone does say yep. that, it honestly, they're comparing themselves in a negative way. They're the ones feeling like they're not great. Yes. Instead of, You know, they should be working on themselves because they are great. We are, yes. we off, you know, but a lot of times when you feel that resentment, it's because you're not, you know, you're angry at yourself, not at the person.
0: Yes, absolutely. If you're feeling it coming from somebody else, it is about them, not about you, for yeah. sure. Um, there's the the second thing that I noticed as you're talking, um, which I loved, oh gosh, I hope I didn't just lose it in my brain. Um, no, okay, I got it back, uh, is, is the fact I would love everybody to pay attention to what all of that experience has led to. And the fact that it took her a while to realize that. And I do work with quite a few clients that I mean, and I know I was in the same boat when I was working with my coaches, you know, you, you get to a point you want to make changes and you're like, holy crap, what do I want to do? I don't do anything, you know, and then once you start making a list of everything that you've done, and especially those of us that volunteer, oh my god the amount of expertise awesome. we have with volunteering is insane and that's why i want people to think about it too like you may i mean my is a little
1: crazy with the death row thing and everything you know but but i mean whether it's a hobby or a passion like a volunteer thing or like people we we have this thing in our heads that you know we don't like you know, you're not supposed to like your job yeah. Supposed to hate mondays wish for fridays and hate your nine to five like i honestly posted a month ago and i was like people are going to hate me for this so they're going to be rolling their eyes but i was like honestly you know yay it's monday mm-hmm. <laughs> because i'm like now everybody i'm waiting on everybody all the good things to happen because i've been working seven days and you know now yeah. i'm waiting for to come back and things are happening you know and i can't wait to find out what's all you know what all the good things are going to happen this week because i work on so many interesting it's not like i work at tim hortons like i mean or the mall i mean yeah interesting things happen right so but i really do feel that way and you know people can there's no, there, there's no reason you shouldn't, that shouldn't be, why isn't that the norm? Yeah. Because we all have talents and skills, honestly, that you, you use for 20 years, like in my case, in my case, again, I, like picture it, I was working in entry-level sales or mid-level sales and marketing, right? Mm-hmm. Every day from nine to five, then going home and writing media messaging where I'd get a phone call from CNN to be interviewed on CNN, MSNBC, Court TV, like Der Spiegel, the National Enquirer, People Magazine hmm. And then I'd be I I would do it. And then I'd go back to work the next day. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was on doing some. But that was about that. And I never, you know, until it hit me at 41. Wait a minute. Yeah, that was interesting stuff. But that was literally my messaging. Yeah. And my reaching out that got them to know. But wait a minute. That's yeah. actually a really important. Like people don't know how to do that. No. And I realized that because through those years, you know, that I was involved with a local, you know, local politics and not like as a politician, though, I was thinking about it for a while, but, you know, just a passionate activist again, you know, and I would always be like, Oh, I'll volunteer and I'll write the press release and the press release would work mm-hmm. and it would get mainstream news. And then, but no one else knew, you'll write the what? Oh, mm-hmm, the press, mm-hmm. you know? And then I just was like, wait a minute. <laughs> so, but anyway, everyone has a skill like that. Everybody yeah. has something that they're really good at. They're passionate about be brave enough, be bold enough to think about how you can segue that into something that you might really love. Because yeah. honestly, why can't you live a life you love. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, that's what I look I look forward to. I mean, my husband has a career that he loves, but he will retire because it's 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 tough on his body to be a firefighter. So I mean, he will retire. He looks forward to retiring. I don't see myself retiring because I don't have a demanding job like that. And I cannot imagine Me not too. doing oh, something. No.
1: I literally read again the New Yorker because I like to, I love to read. I'm reading the New Yorker one time, and it was talking about the guy. I can't remember his name. Some guy in his nineties who they call the father of modern PR, yeah. and I guess he worked for like you know the classic like a lot of governments and big businesses and huge giant. So he was like you know big giant corporate guy, you know, big New York you know New York office and um, Fifth Avenue or whatever. And it was saying, they were talking about, like, it was some big, like, even now when I'm saying, like, it was a big deal, they were taught, the story was about how he's in his, up till the day he was, like, uh, he died, like, 98, Mm -hmm. and they were saying, literally, up till the, like, the week before he died, he was going into his office in Fifth Avenue every day, Mm -hmm. and I was like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Like, I don't exactly. what the story is. like yeah <laughs> because to me my life is so intertwined and people think that's outside they're like how many hours a weekday do you work i'm like i don't know how many hours am i awake unless my kid comes and says you know my kids are 18 and 28 now they're not children little right yeah. but unless they come and say mom put the phone over there we're gonna watch a movie together this is time you know like otherwise i'm just if i'm up i'm working like i have clients all around the world so i could be up at you know if i'm going to bed at three in the morning from pitching california and then my client in Africa is just waking up and telling Right. So then I'm texting them and you know, who knows?
0: Yep. <laughs> it reminds me of a conversation I was having with my husband about, um, Alex Trebek, you know, when he was getting sick yeah. and my husband's like, Oh my gosh, why doesn't he retire? And I'm just like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, I'm like, this is the difference in our heads about this whole work thing. You know, I said, you're working towards retirement. I'm like, I can guarantee you Alex Trebek absolutely loves his job. And that's yeah. why he won't retire ever you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, he loves it. I'm like, it. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I'm like um, you don't get it. Cause you're, you're looking towards your fishing years, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's totally cool and totally okay. As long as you know, I'm not, I'm not looking at retirement. <laughs> yeah. <you know. laughs> so then what the hell am I going to do? Yeah, exactly. I'm going to totally drive everybody insane. <laughs> like I was saying the other day and I don't think the
1: person believed me. I was actually on a podcast, but it was a different, you know, I don't think it was an entrepreneur, it was kind of corporate. I was like, no, literally I I, I was trying to like determine, I asked myself the question in the podcast and I was actually trying to answer it. I was like, I don't know how much somebody would have to offer me if they even could to to get me to, you know, put away everything I've been building Uh for the last 10 years to, you know, close down all my client, you know, things at the end of their contracts and go and work for a company. Oh, yak, No, I'm, I cannot, literally can't conceive it. And then I was like, I guess it'd probably be at some point where I'd be like, okay, it'd be stupid not to take that for a couple of years, you right. know, but I honestly can't imagine, like, honestly, I'd be talking like a million dollars a year. Like now I understand those, like, and I don't make anything like that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I mean, it, like, honestly, but who knows, I could in two years because my every year my business has been going better and better and better mm-hmm. and multiplying exponentially and exponentially. And there's no limit except for, what who I meet next? What avenue I think of, or whatever, right?
0: So right. And when I look at it, I'm like, well, but if they're if I'm gonna have all that money, then that just means I get to hire more people, and I get to do more of just the stuff I want.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but the thing about going, like, I don't know, I couldn't imagine going, like, giving up all the plans, everything I'm doing for my client, I love every project, all those strategies, and all those, you know, joys to go and work for somebody else on a nine to five, even at yeah. the top dollar that people can imagine no
0: yeah I can't it's imagine either being at somebody's second like, you
1: call in your life it's hard not just in it <laughs> no.
0: yeah because yeah I've looked at it over the years and I'm just like because I thought you know when the kids moved out and the world was the world to quote the being the cheesy is your oyster I'm like I could go back to school well maybe I'll go back to school yeah you know I wouldn't mind being like a therapist or something like that and and go get certified and then I'm like then you got school loans, and then you're gonna have to go get a job to pay the school loans. and yeah, no, that sucks, no. <laughs> yeah, you
1: love yeah.
0: <laughs> it was a very quick conversation with myself. <laughs>
1: It's funny how much it, and you know what I, I remembered the other day that I had remembered in so long, there was a time when between, you know, and this is obviously while I was doing the activist stuff and not thinking anything about it in terms of work. So I was thinking about what am I going to do for work? And, you know, I guess I was getting, I must have been getting sick of the sales cycle because I was never wanted to be in sales. I just sort of fell into that on graduating, right? Mm. And um, I was thinking, oh, what should I take? And I must have been really young there because I can't. But this must have been when I was 24, 25, very early on. Like, what? But you know what I was looking into? And now I'm like shaking my head going, good Lord, can you imagine an alternate universe where I was in HR instead of PR? <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> what was i thinking but back then i thought oh that would be a stable job i'll get a good you know forty thousand dollar a year job
0: nope, <laughs> Whatever, right? nope. oh my nope. gosh yeah i have um i have a friend who's hr and she's amazing and she's very patient and oh, she can explain, I I, an oh office no no office. i can have amazing conversations with her because she's so patient with me and all of my questions that is so not me I well, like she, you are in the spot point. you should be. <laughs> well i
1: guess but you know there are some commonalities P- I, now that you mentioned that hr you definitely have to be a people person yeah. and with pr and know how to deal with different personalities mm-hmm. and that's the same with pr as well too yeah. you definitely have to know how to i de- like I, I find half of it is people management whether it's yeah. the client or the people that they're dealing with or if they're running into a problem or messaging you know so mm-hmm. maybe half of life is but you know and PR
0: calming is- people down i'm sure
1: yeah. And PR, exactly. PR communications and people are, mm-hmm. yeah, exactly.
0: So it's, you know, it's, there's a lot of similarities. similarities you're right. I it. Yeah. <laughs> not of <laughs> you weren't super far off. You just had one letter off. <laughs> Yeah, right? And it's funny, too. We we're, we're joking the other day to show that
1: I am locked now. You know, at the beginning of my career, I was, you know, when you're working for somebody else, you're nine to five. That's what you have to do. You log out for one hour. You're completely scheduled. That's it. Then I was saying there was actually time, middle career, you know, middle of career, like, you know, where I was taking on clients, but I wasn't as big or as, as crazy successful as I have now, where I'm always in demand for this, that, or the other, right? Mm-hmm. Where I was more casual, I could kind of set my own time. And now I was like, wow, right back to the beginning where I'm like hugely crazy scheduled. Now, because I'm super successful and I'm the boss, yeah. as opposed to being the lowest run on the right, re- right? But right. it's funny, the, right now, I, I still have to look at my day, oh no, I can't do it, there's no way I can change that. One o'clock, I got that,
0: two, I got that, three, I got that. <laughs> oh my gosh, that sounds like a nightmare to me. <laughs> you yeah. are we thrive off, no, off. oh, been doing the oh man! I'm like, no,
1: no. <laughs> once you all the podcast appearances and get once you sign off for the, you know, like obviously now you set for a certain time. It's hard, yeah. to, but, and I, I've just been going nuts on those in the last i guess around christmas i pitched a whole bunch of them because i was sitting around bored at christmas and now i'm still doing them it's great
0: yeah, oh yeah because they're so much fun
1: <laughs> That's why. It's, 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 you know i do stuff, and you know I, I think that you know when it's especially a business audience i'm imparting information that know they can actually utilize and i've also gotten clients out of it even though that was definitely not the original thinking i was originally thinking of podcasts just as a media alternative another media you know radio tv newspapers podcasts, Mm -hmm. and um, i still do but i've noticed hugely and i don't do any advertising but i've noticed they've been really effective in marketing because all of a sudden people have like said hey i heard you on that and i really like what you said and you know and podcasts have hired me too But also I find it's super effective right now for networking, which of course is a publicist I have to do not just to generate business, but Mm -hmm. more importantly to meet people that might be be able to help my client, other clients and stuff. Or, you know, I have a client that could help you in something, not you specifically, but you know what I mean? Like the more people I know, the more, the easier my job gets.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that... Um, now, and I can only speak for women because I work with women and and I'm around women in the, in the business environment as well. And I think that's something that so many of us women forget is a huge asset is, is like, I run online events. I, my network is huge. The fact yeah. that I bring my network for an event and promotion and all of that kind of stuff, that is, Qualifies exactly. in part of exactly. my expertise now as well because the contacts are so huge. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly.
0: You know, but I mean, for me, of course, it's just like, well, of course, I know all these people. I talk a lot. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Right. And two, yeah, people remember, remember even before I became a publicist. People were like, how do you know so many people? And I was like, well, you know, that with like the media, there was the, the activist people, right, from that knew me from my advocacy work. Mm-hmm. And then there was the people who know you from school and then the work people yeah. and the media. And gosh, now it's like, yeah, I don't even know anymore.
0: Yeah, well, and when you have real conversations with those people at the school or in those odd places where you're not technically networking for business reasons. You have those honest conversations, you have no idea what contact you could be making.
1: Absolutely, and I find that's the case, you know, in just regular conversation, just be open to people, like, I'm never, I'm not a, the kind of network, I'm not really, I'm not really a networker, and in terms yeah. of people that are like, oh, let's go, and I should be, I guess, publicist, oh, let's go over there, because we can meet people, let's go, Yeah. you know, if it's for my client, like, yeah. if I if yeah. a client needs to meet people, sure, we'll go and I'll make sure they shake hands and everything, mm-hmm. but you're right, I found that most of the cases of, of, you know, most of my incredible contacts have come really naturally, like, just, you know, I maybe didn't even know who they were, they didn't necessarily even know who I were, we were just just, you know, at the table together or on LinkedIn or, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. connecting with over a, a, on a thread, somebody else's thread, then you start clicking over and talking. And yeah. So you never know who you're necessarily talking to. And, um, and I find that you, it, it shouldn't matter. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, you shouldn't be out there looking to network in terms of who can I meet that can do something for me. Yeah. You know, I mean, you just meet people cause it's fun. Maybe you can do something for them.
0: Yeah. And, and I think I like that it. that goes with that smile and smirk that you were talking about. That's, that's oh, like the networking yeah. version of smile and smirk. Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. It's like are you out there I mean, being I mean, true I'm and like, honest,
0: or are you out there all about what's in it for me?
1: And people can tell that like, who? it's like a slimy sales guy, right? Yeah. But nobody, really, nobody connects with that. Right? No,
0: mm-hmm. no. And you're not going to promote them. You're, you're going to remember not to promote them actually. <laughs> you're gonna be like yeah no
1: (laughs) it did not seem real and i speak with that too it's funny like it might sound counterintuitive for a publicist because people think pr is spin but i always say it's no it's to me and the work i do is about elevating and celebrating people doing good things no i don't take on people that are problematic and they've done bad things and now they need to be you know fixed i don't do that right yeah i want to really believe in everything and everybody that i'm taking on, and yeah and so it's
0: We yeah,
1: we have to of course you
0: want to do that because that's the activist in you. You want to celebrate the truth. I can never get maybe that's what it is. I never thought about it
1: that way, but there you go. I can never get past that. Like I yeah, like so what I so I end up speaking, which is funny as a publicist, because again, PR people think PR is about spin, but I also when I speak about I speak about leadership, I speak about you know entrepreneurship and also about authenticity in business Mm -hmm. and in, in life and about how and often about how like yeah don't you know that your vibe attracts your tribe like the way the way they say in personal life Mm -hmm. it's true in business too i'm sure there's been people who said oh i I looked at that girl and i didn't like her with the red hair and the you know mouthy with the death penalty stuff i'll stay away but you know Mm -hmm. what i never heard from those people that's fine people that i do hear from are the people that resonate with me for whatever reason and those are the ones that should be my clients and those are the ones that i can ethically be their publicist because if they don't if i they don't have to understand me but i need to understand them right I need if I, like, I won't take on a contract when people say what should I look for in a publicist I say oh, the passion number one because skill obviously and what they can do and you know that's, that goes without saying but like in terms of who should I pick between this publicist and that publicist well how do they feel about your project and how do you yeah. feel they get because honestly if I feel like and I haven't heard this from other publicists I don't know I'm, I don't know a lot of other publicists because uh, I created this myself right yeah. but is it is I don't feel like it would be ethical for me to take on a project that I don't not just don't I mean not just really believe in but really don't get like if I'm like oh if someone's telling me what they're and I'm like oh okay mm-hmm. huh. then I feel like the, uh, that I'm, it's not for me you know yeah. If I, I I should be like oh man and I usually am you know like so the ones that come to me I guess Is I'm always like no and like the one yesterday I was like wait 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 No, by the end of the conversation this is like a prospect call he found me on LinkedIn he wanted talking with it by the end of it I'm like no 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 Dude, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna hire me for this? I'm literally, I'm laughing, going, I'm just saying because either way, I'm gonna be in, like, this is an amazing clothes and entertainment concept. I was like, either yeah. way, I'm gonna be bringing my clients to use that because that is, I, I see it. That is like groundbreaking. Yeah. You know?
0: So you're taking on the clients that you feel a legit vested interest in, like, yeah, like you can take it on you. as and put the put the work in tons of work in as if it's your own
1: right and i get it and i feel it and i you know i'm excited exactly you're excited Mm -hmm. you can't do that if you're not excited if you don't really get it you can't i mean you can do a good job i can write about i mean i can write about anything but there's a reason i don't take on i haven't ever had an athlete client other than one or two that were speaking about cannabis and their story was about cbd
0: Mm -hmm. you know
1: not about or about cannabis not about because I don't know a thing about the sports words, so I could write words about anything. Yeah, really I wouldn't be saying the it. right ones. Probably, I'd be missing things. I would because I'm not passionate about it. i do not. Yeah, yeah, you know?
0: yep. yeah. You attract what you need. Absolutely, mm-hmm. that's perfect. And that leads me to I. I did have some questions that I set up set up just a little okay. bit ahead of time, which I don't normally do, as I said. Um, but just because you were talking about the earned media uh, versus yeah. advertising, so I would love to have you pick your brain just a little bit, but how much do you think your passion for the different topics you were campaigning for before you became a publicist publicist, um, pushed you into learning about using earned media versus advertising? Um, And I think I know the answer already. And I think part of it's probably because you didn't go to school for this shit. Yeah, and like avatar, like, I mean,
1: now I say, hey, if you want to do an ad campaign survey, I can help you with the words. Yeah. Like I'm a words girl, I can help you with the words. I can, and, and I also know the demographics that you're trying to reach, so I can help you with that. But that's not what PR is. PR is the, op- is the opposite of that. so if, Earned media. So what is that? It's advertor- or editorial instead of advertorial. Mm-hmm. So advertorial is what most entrepreneurs and most of us think about. We know how to talk about why our widget is better than the other widget, or why, why we're, you know, why our service that we're offering is, you know, competitive in the market or whatever. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about earned media, you're talking about developing yourself that thought leadership as an expert in your field. So getting quoted in media where you you should not pay for it. Mm -hmm. Like like I get my clients and some of them, I've got them in the last couple of years, Reader's Digest, The New Yorker, New, uh, New York Times, um oprah magazine so unless you're buying advertising in there you can't you cannot pay to get a reporter to quote you as right. the expert in stylist you cannot right. pay to be included in that article if anybody ever found a reporter did that they would be not only blackballed for that publication it would be major industry news you know guess, yeah. like the source is different from advertising it's not the same thing uh-huh. right so and how do you get in that because that's where you get that third party credibility that's where you get you know as quoted in and that is what i do get my clients every single day so part of the way you can do that is through press releases which people have heard about but you know you may not know what that is but the an easy way that anybody can kind of start putting their toe into that is look up things like help reporter out harrow source bottle online these are um services similar to the matchmaker and pod match where Podcasters can meet up with guests. There's, all, there's these services where reporters for high profile papers, TV, even under deadline. For actually, I'm looking at one right now, lost it, like literally click on the first one here. Yeah. Some magazine called Workcast, whatever that Workcast is looking for leadership quotes by women.
0: Uh-huh.
1: The deadline of April 29th self-improvement magazine whatever that is some of them are big some of them are small what is the worst advice about making money you've heard or read so if you have an answer to that you can go in and talk about it how your, you know business some of them are, most of them are business related like small to medium business owner case study for lead generation strategies mm-hmm. fashion industry quotes so like literally that's just just the third one today that i'm looking through so if you were to look through these sources every single day for a week you're going to find things that you can qualify for and then you have to learn the the difference between, you know, the pitch, right, how to pitch it successfully, where you're not like, hey, for example, you, I had a client the other day, and I sent them a, it was a perfect example, They it was a, a potential to be quoted in media in some kind of architectural digest or something like that regarding um, house renovations. And so I said to the media, to my client, who's an ex, who's building a kind of an Airbnb kind of company for house renovations, um, you know, like a gig economy kind of thing, where they can, they're like a tech company connecting the the worker with the person that needs them.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And so, it, it, I was telling him, hey, so he's also a builder. So I was expecting him to give me his answer as a builder to that. Say, oh, you know, one of the renovations that is popular these days in COVID is this, this, and this. And then the idea was I would send that to him, saying th- more about him. That this is what he said. And this is who he is. Mm-hmm. Name of the company, and th- then they would name him and the company and his quote as part of the story, right? Yeah. But instead, I explained to him again the difference between editorial versus advertorial, which you have to do with almost all of your clients at one point or the other. I'm just using this as the most recent example, because his answer was, um, well, something like, well, you know, there's lots of renovations these days, but they cost a lot of time and money. Home DMB can help you with that.
0: Oh, right yeah did a little so ad
1: not looking this is not an opportunity for you to talk about your company yeah. this is an opportunity to, for you to talk about your expertise yeah and then they'll mention you and your company as, as the reason you have that expertise and, and that's valuable because there you go that's one as mentioned in reader's digest yes. You're quote does but so the, that the editorial would be the person sitting there saying my company can solve this problem here's what we do or sorry, the advert, that's the advertorial. And the editorial would be someone just answering, Oh no, no. What we're seeing today in the industry is a lot of people are doing changes and having this kind of problem.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wonder is, is that, is that very, if that's very popular way to go with the PR PR, cause I'm, I'm sure cause in, everyone listening, I will have the link to the, um, Oh, gosh, what? I don't even want to know what I want to call it um, <laughs> to the man's article and his story that you helped off death row. I will have the link for that because you're definitely going to want to read that. And it, it seems like all of that, all of that previous campaign stuff that you were doing um, was was all earned media. So I feel like that brings just a totally different yeah, view like never we you as a PR.
1: Yeah, we didn't have any money, you know, and I learned right. I learned the value of that. Like we didn't have yeah. money to get advertising. We didn't and now, and even so now, PR public relations is the earned media aspect. Yeah. It's the cousin of marketing, it's the cousin of this crossover. Like if you have a marketing department, you know, you'd probably put your publicist to work with your marketing department, you know. So we'd be suggesting things to each other and our work would complement each other. Mm-hmm. But my but my the publicist's job is to get media, to get you quoted in the media, to get you, you know you yeah up for awards to get you all mm-hmm. that stuff but not to be nothing that you're paying for yeah and the marketing department and the ad and the sales department and the advertising department and everything they're the ones who are going to go and buy the traditional advertising God, but the yeah. you know, thing to be thinking of too is like 80 to 90 percent of entrepreneurs do not even think about the earned media part portion no. you know the part that really builds that credibility mm-hmm. i had a client a, a female client the one that i was telling you was having some issues not issues but i mean just learning as she was going to get funding for her company just she's like us she said i never really felt like held back because i was a woman in any kind of thing ever before until she said i went starting to deal with big finance Mm. and then i would notice she said it was like the 50s he would they would talk to my partner who's my junior the company all the time when it came to being my really and she's like yeah i was actually and she's like i'm actually been embarrassed to talk about it because i didn't think there was still a thing like i'm I'm actually embarrassed
0: about that you know
1: And it's actually still a thing, barely. <laughs> oh, man.
0: I could not even imagine that would not fly. <laughs> me investors
1: were taking her more seriously as a direct result of the work that we'd done with me getting her media in like I think we had in six weeks of work together about four articles and two um interviews of her at the time and she said literally it's made investors take us more seriously when she was in the middle of her pre-seed funding and they ended up getting half a million dollars
0: yeah right on yeah. nice oh I'm mm-hmm. yeah and I'm sure I'm sure you're you're stuff that you were writing and showing her all that information on you know on paper, like you had said, you have the press releases and all of that. that yeah. helps boost her confidence when she walks in that damn door too.
1: Well, there you think, too. Now you see these articles talking. Now she's got all these articles talking about how her as a power woman and yeah. look at what they're doing and all. And we noticed it, it, we got one was printed up in Japan the other day. It's a travel story of uh, that. And the story we're talking about right here is a high BNB, which is interesting. It's a it's disrupting the. It's basically Airbnb for the cannabis space. Mm-hmm. So for any space where there's legal cannabis, which is coast to coast in Canada mm-hmm. and in a lot of States too. So it's basically bringing, um, the billion dollar cannabis tourism market, putting mm-hmm. Canada on the map with it. Yeah. And basically, so, and it's a tech company, like all these things where, you know, they're like Airbnb is and Uber is they're actually all tech companies. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so now, now she, we, so she came into it with something that's somewhat stigmatized too. And ever, yeah. ever. Canvas. And yet, we were bringing it to the big financial markets to the, and travel markets, and pitching her so well that you know, and also what she's doing and framing it so well, she just won the short-term rentals uh, award for innovation and disruption in the UK, which is not cannabis friendly. Nice. And so she, we're really excited about that because talk about the reframing of it, and making. Yeah. So, yeah, so these are the kind of things that are fun. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so awesome. Yeah. So you're you're not only just like writing stuff and getting them, you know, their publicity and, and the media and all of that, but you are really helping them boost their confidence to just keep doing what they're doing, which is another reason why you have to believe in what they're doing.
1: Yeah. One of my clients told me I'm like a life coach at a pump. And so I laughed. I laugh. is maybe that'll be my fault. But she said, it's true. Yeah. I just seen on Facebook that, you know, she was like feeling kind of down and I inboxed what's going on or whatever. And then in two minutes, I wasn't even trying to be rah, rah. I was just like, what? She's like, oh, yeah. I'm feeling overwhelmed. And I was just like, well, you know, come on, power lady, whatever. And like, just right. completely genuine. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Like you're like a life coach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Perfect. You're it's a twofer. <laughs> <laughs> so we hit what you did that was a major change in your 40s. You did that career change, which yeah, is so funny. common with many women in, in, the, in the midlife area. <laughs> but I do have to ask you, what is one of your dammit's? And for everybody listening, if you're new to the, to the podcast, damnits are those things that make you, you. So there's something about your personality that when you try to stifle it, squash it, push it aside, pretend it's not who you are, um, you know, you, it makes you miserable, depressed, even, I mean, it just makes you just miserable. Um, so do you happen to know what one of your damnits are, one of those personality traits that you embrace?
1: Uh, that if I didn't do, it makes me miss a personality trait.
0: So makes- for example, let me give you my example. My example is I am loud. And damn it, I like this about myself. And the reason that it's good is because when I was in my coaching career, there was not a damn kid out there that couldn't hear me. There was okay, never a child, child that told me.
1: <laughs> well, okay. So mine is, uh, I, so yeah, I, I'm loud too. I'm, um, <laughs> maybe that. Maybe I'll start with what we talked about. Like, you know, I'm a little bit bra I'm bold. Yes. People don't love some people love it and some people don't. And you know, um, and this is true, actually. So uh, you know, maybe brash, maybe you know, a little too self-confident, all those things. Um, we had a conversation the earlier podcast I did today was with a gentleman. He was saying, You remind me a lot of my wife, and she's you know very Italian and very outspoken, and very, you know, and he goes, and my wife says, he just said it to me, he goes, My wife says that a lot of people really like that. Most people really like that, but some people really don't like her because of that.
0: Yep, absolutely. Well, and you know what? I don't care. <laughs> nope. Yep. Maybe that is not. that has got to be one of your damn is the fact well, that the fact you're, that you're outspoken. <laughs> you're outspoken. And that is a positive thing because look what it's created in your life. Yeah. Yeah. If you were not outspoken, well, if you were not outspoken for one thing, there was probably be a man that did not live right now.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad that we, yeah. I'm yeah. We-
0: so, I mean, the fact that you have that part of your personality is definitely something to be celebrating. And you have used it for good for decades, which is amazing. Even if it's annoying, right? So, <laughs> it's only annoying the people that need to go away. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. That's what I'm learning. It's uh anything about my personality, if it's really, really bothering them, then they do not need to be in my circle, it my community. Time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, I do not have time for that shit anymore.
1: Well, you vibe <laughs> respect your tribe, like they said, right? That's yeah. true. Yeah, really true. It goes both ways.
0: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. When you get rid of them, then that is plenty of room for more people that are attracted to it to move in. Yeah, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on and having a conversation with me today, Tracy. Oh, thank you so much.
1: It's been a lot of fun.
0: Is there anything that you would love to leave my listeners with?
1: I always like to send people to you know what I would not be here living this amazing life and doing this amazing job and having all the experiences I had, you know, if it wasn't for that work that I did. And I'm talking about Jimmy Dennis for 25 years. And before we were talking about him, we were desperately trying to save his life, and now I get to talk about him because he's using the voice they stole for 25 years to make some truly incredible music, and that ain't no PR. And the industry's noticing it too, and I think you're gonna see. Some, you know you're gonna hear more from him for real, and some stuff's going on that we can't talk about right now. But I would love people to get in on it early yes. and to go and listen to Jimmy Dennis, Jimmy Dennis music. You can find it on all streaming platforms, and please support that.
0: Awesome. So, like I said, everyone, I'm going to I will put the link to the story of of Tracy and her husband and and I'm sorry, is Jimmy.
1: Jimmy Dennis, yeah. Jimmy.
0: Okay. And and I will put that story in there so that you can go and check it out. And I will obviously I will definitely put the link to his music oh. as well. Cause yeah, let's support and let's listen. And I love music. So you know I love I'm, it. I'm always yes. game to go and, and find new people to listen to. Um and also I know that you are on the way to having a book coming out. So no, I not. will add that in here because I know it's not gonna come out before this podcast goes live, but it no, will well, be, be coming really out sometime this summer.
1: Look for, it for sure, it's going to be called Get wrapped, Build Your Bread with Effective Public and Media Relations. Yeah. And yeah, it's about what you can do on your own without a publicist, when you should consider a publicist, what you should look for in a publicist when you do, and just give you much more familiarity with the whole concept of earned media versus, um, you know, the editorial versus editorial and the power of the pitch. And, and also life's a pitch, guys. Yeah. And that's a P, not a B. <laughs>
0: true 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 yeah i i will look forward to that book coming out because the earned the earned versus advertising i love that idea so and important. i, I yeah. look forward to more tips on how i'm making that true so thank you so much for being on here and i appreciate you
1: thank you so much it's been a ton of fun i really really appreciate it thank you to everybody listening
0: awesome. So thank you for joining me today. I look forward to continuing to guide you into creating your bold life because you deserve to live as your best self.